I'm Scott Hansen with NFL Red Zone, and you are listening to the Gridiron Gentlemen. Hello and welcome to this week's Gridiron Gentlemen <laughs> podcast. This is the third attempt, so I've gone a bit manic now, so I do apologise. Um, we are going to be talking about defensive backs getting into the draft this year. We're very excited about that as we continue our pl- continue our run through the draft prospects. Defensive backs is quite loaded and I'm quite excited about talking that. We can talk about some news in a second that we've talked about twice already, but you know, why not? And uh, James, James, how's it going? I'm fine for a third time. I'm fine. I just like I don't think that intro just made any sense whatsoever. But I'm so past caring now. So here you go. Here's a podcast. Um, mock draft coming up as well. So if you're interested, send us an email. Join the Discord. Whatever. Just contact me in some way, and I will let you know how we're going to go about that. So it, looking forward to that. A lot of work to do. Got a couple more podcasts coming up for the draft as well. Um, but first, the news. Uh, we're going to start with sad news obviously about uh Dwayne Haskins who uh sadly passed away at the age of 24 which um it's, it's one of those moments where you realize we we need to realize that there is a person behind the play basically um we saw a couple of comments i think from the likes of Adam Schefter which were a little bit insensitive quite insensitive in fact mm. um and it's when you speak to when you hear from people around him you realize that he was quite well loved as a human being and that's what's sad about this we've we've lost a human being that that seems to be quite a good guy so yeah Hmm. no absolutely and 24 is is no age to lose your life no No. age at all so uh r.o.p to Dwayne haskins and and obviously our thoughts are with his family and friends and everyone in the steelers organization and people that know him so Really, really sad news. Um, um, yeah. Yes. Lighter news. So, um, people doing and saying stupid things. So, yeah. uh, the Panthers are macadoomed. Mister <laughs> um, um, McAdoo from Pigeon Street has been talking to the media. Now, um, please bear in mind that Ben McAdoo is formerly a head coach and formerly an offensive coordinator in the city of New York, New York, yeah. no less. Um, a man who you would expect would would be. Proper, at least used to talking to people, yeah. alone the media. Um, so he was um, quoted as stating that Sam Donald was the Panthers starting quarterback. He then had to walk back this statement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't so much that he had to walk it back. It was the way he walked it back that was perhaps the worst thing of all. Um, and this is McAdoo's quote. And I was going to do a funny voice to go with this, but I decided against it because the, the the actual content is funny enough. So here's Mr. McAdoo. One of the things I've been working on is being better at talking to you people, brackets, the media. Mm. So announcing the starting quarterback here, I think I just put my foot in my mouth, McAdoo said. That wasn't something I should have said. I mean, honestly, where are we with him? Uh, he, he he literally, this is, this is like, who's done his media training? Is it? I don't know. Is it Mr. Blobby? <laughs> it's, because it's, it's just two on the nose, isn't it? Like if you make a mistake with the media, you start. You never admit you're wrong with this kind of thing, and I suppose it should be refreshing. But he hasn't. It's not like he's admitted he's wrong about something important, is it? It's just. Um, it know. feels like he's said something wrong, and then someone has told him, hmm. "You've said something wrong. You need to walk this back." 
and fast Ben and Ben's gone oh gosh I'm just gonna have to admit I'm an idiot aren't I (laughs) (laughs) yeah this isn't maybe this isn't the 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 uh, happy start to his uh, career that he was his, his new career that he was hoping for um this rule is Macadoon. <laughs> I agree as well because um, the the Panthers are in such a terrible situation with their quarterback. Because Ugh. just just as as said in the the pod we recorded before that no one heard or not recorded actually <laughs> is the problem. In fact, um, just you're, it's fine to say Sam Darnold is currently your starting quarterback. That's absolutely fine. The media will look at that and go, "Uh huh." So that means you're drafting someone. Everyone will look at that and mean you go, that means you're drafting someone. And everyone except for Sam Darnold will go, that means you're drafting someone. But these things just happen. Like, say you don't end up drafting anyone, you don't end up picking up anyone, and there's a good chance they're obviously going to pick up Baker for, as we said previously, the the lowest stakes bidding war in the world between them and the, the Seattle Seahawks, like offering like fifths and sixths for, for Baker Mayfield. Um but but right now Sam Darnold is your starting quarterback, so that's absolutely fine. I, I feel I feel like um he didn't I feel like he said too much, basically, mm. to the media. Yeah, yeah. He peeled back the curtain a bit and, mm. and he wasn't the only person this week saying stupid things. No. Um so this week also Cowboys starting Dalton Schultz um mm. openly admitted we were a better offense with Amari Cooper. And I mean, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe they probably were. But you don't know that because we haven't played this season yet. And I think, you know, immediately saying, oh, dear, well, maybe we're not going to be as good without him. Mm. When you've got C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and you've acquired James Washington and you've got the other guy whose name, Cedric Wilson, sorry. Yeah. Yes. He's um, gone now, isn't he? He went to the, um, the Dolphins. Oh, no. Well, all right, you've still got Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb still, and you've acquired James Washington yeah. and you've still actually got Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, it's like, why would you just immediately open up with a statement that is kind of like, well, we're probably not going to be as good this year. When, you know, maybe what you should say is, now we get to show each other what we can, re- to show the league what we can really do. And exactly, that makes total sense. Like, and yeah. Who knows and if Schultz the Cowboys are going to draft as well? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But the worst bit is he, he, he ends the whole thing with by saying, I want to work out a long-term deal, and I think they do too. I hope we can get that done. Well, Dalton, if you stop talking, it might. <laughs> Please tell me you're going to represent yourself, they're probably thinking. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're going to get him for they're going to, they're going to trade him to Humble Pie for a case of Heineken. <laughs> That's an excellent, almost famous reference there, James. I love it. Um, <laughs> very, what very good. kind of beer? Um, in in other news Sammy Watkins has gone to the Green Bay Packers this is news we've covered three times now Um, so it's 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 I'll say what I've said before twice now to to no one in particular Um, Patrick Mahomes couldn't fix Sammy Watkins but apparently he's like now going to be the next best thing Um, and also uh, Andy Reid didn't want him (laughs) <laughs> he did what Marcus Valdez Scanling. It's Stop amazing done. how quickly we can get through this when we've uh, done said it twice, it twice already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so obviously, um, for those of you who don't realise, Dan, Dan didn't hit record. We got half an hour in. Yeah. Um, so here we are. Anyway, I think we're back to where we were now. I think we are as well. Which was, are we? Are we? Should we get straight into the draft now? Is there anyone else we missed? I mean, let's get straight into the draft. It's been three days. 
It's been three days. <laughs> three days it's sitting four. here trying to record a podcast. <laughs> four days, actually. Yeah. No, three? Four. It's been four. It's been four. It's been, it's been four. one week since I looked at you, James. That's what it's been. Don't start that. Okay. okay. Yeah. You and I are the only people who understand that reference. I bet we're not. Yeah, it's been. No, I, bet, I bet we're not. I bet, I bet that is narrowly behind All Star by uh, Smash Mouth for, for songs that people know from every single film ever made so i know it from being two songs that were released um, early in my career working in record shops when i was a get this cassette and dip mini disc buyer <laughs> uh, yeah bare naked ladies that 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 is like a staple of like the late 90s early 2000s isn't it so. dark times dark mm. times dark but times them and smash mouth as they were in pretty much every film so yeah dark times yeah mm. And so is Alicia Silverstone. Yes, yep. there we are. And every Aerosmith video as well for, for a period of time. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's actually creepy when you think about mm. it, isn't it? Really? The, the, anyway. the creepiest one was when he got his daughter in it as I well. I know, I know. There is that too. There is that, that as well. That's weird. Isn't I, it? Know. Mm. I know. I know. I know. I'll tell you uh, who, who doesn't play uh, Smash Mouth football. No, this isn't going to work. We'll give it up. We're going to no, cover no, defensive just... <laughs> We're going to cover defensive backs uh, heading into the draft. There are some good ones. So let's start with cornerbacks. Because we started last time. Cornerbacks. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, um, it is a good class. There's, 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 there's probably five or six that I think are really good. There's five. Um, there's... About five that I reckon could still go in the first round. I don't think they will, but they could. Yeah, they could. No, and there are teams that all think will probably have any one of these five and yeah. with a first round grade. Yeah. So it's quite encouraging to see. So, um, number one, who did you have number one? I think. Well, I, I know who you had, and I agree. It's uh, I had Source Gardener, number yeah. one. Source Gardener. Yeah. Source Gardener. Why did we have Source Gardener number one, Dan? I, he. So the the guy who's number two isn't quite so. We've seen brilliance from him, but we haven't seen consistency consistent brilliance from him what we've seen from no. source gardener is is consistent excellence yes excellence lower than brilliance maybe i don't know it, it, it's all really really good from source gardener um he's a bit handsy that's about it but i don't know how many cor- cornerbacks we've said that about and they just learn to not do it quite so much or they're not in the league very long so yeah. The, the the thing about corners is the most valuable thing that you can have as a corner is is, is you can be consistently good. Yeah, and if you can nail that as a corner, I mean, you know, you'll last for a long, long time. Yeah. So Source Garden has had three seasons of being consistently excellent. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I think for his entire career, he's something like he's what I mean, he was targeted 135 times yeah. in three years, which in and of itself says how often quarterbacks felt like throwing on him. Yeah. Um, I think he gave up 703 yards in three seasons, five yards per attempt. Yeah. Um, and I think, and last year he allowed 18 catches for 122 yards. His longest reception allowed last year was 17 yards. The longest reception he's allowed in his entire college career is 29. That's bonkers. That's and bonkers. I mean, the career career passer rating allowed is 31.8. If you throw the ball in the dirt, it's 39. He's not allowed a single touchdown in coverage. He's got nine nuts. picks. He's just and 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 the most impressive thing about the guy is is you watch it and you completely understand it. He's just literally stuck to people yeah. he covers. There's the knock that it's kind of the the level of competition, but again, 
in the game against Bama, he more than held his own against against those receivers. He he, he performed just fine. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, he's got what, something like eight hundred and fifty one press snaps in his career. He's proven to be consistently good at it. He's got great size and length for the position. He's a He's listed at six three one ninety, which is what he did at the combine. But mm. people do think he he came down from two hundred to one ninety to run the forty. Yeah, um, I think he plays a little bit heavier than that. The only things that I kind of have a knock with Source on are entirely things that might show up at the next level. Mm. He does get a teeny bit handsy, but he's not as handy as handsy as some. He he's still very much under control, but um, he has this habit when he's in press coverage sometimes of standing upright which is not what you want to do when you when you're pressing because when he sometimes when he stands upright in press he, he leans forward with his chest over his knees and he's immediately starting off bounds which means that if he shoots his hand and misses he will fall forwards yeah i mean he very rarely shoots his hand and misses but if he were to he would fall over and any really good nfl wide receiver is going to see that and go well yeah i'm going to work that but um he is so fundamentally sound, so smooth, and just just such amazing movement skills. That For someone his size as well. It's just yeah, it's so it's just all so good. Yeah, it's just one good play that's lasted three years. <laughs> I, I think. Did you hear um, Nate Tice on the Athletic podcast talking about how he thinks the league is heading towards bigger outside receivers again? Um, no, I didn't. What's his thinking on that? So he, he's, he, well, he says it's naturally the next evolution from teams trying to beat the the cover two shells is that mm. they're going to try and challenge outside again, um, and as a result, we're going to see bigger boundary receivers coming back in in vogue, basically. Oh yeah, because obviously with cover two, mm. you normally have the, the 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 corner rolled up. Yeah. So the idea is, if the corner's always rolled up, you probably want a guy who's quite big and physically strong and able to handle someone who's six foot two and two hundred pounds at corner. Yeah. yeah. So that. that's cool. that's why someone like Source Gardner, I think, is appealing because he's yeah, as you say, he's like glue. He can line up in man, and I, I think he's good enough to be one of those guys that you say, okay, so we run zone, except for Source, he's going to stick to whoever. Yeah. Um and I think he's good enough, big enough, strong enough and as you say he's just like a, he's a shadow on on people generally. Um, yeah. he it, it, it's just all you want it's all what you want to see in a cornerback I think this it, it heading into the modern NFL. It's the most watchable tape of all of them. Mm. Apart from one other guy who's probably at number 3. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. very watchable. Yeah, but anyway, but I think I think he is the number one because you're he's the player you're taking the the, the least. Uh, there's two potential number one picks, well, number one cornerbacks, um, yeah. and he is the the safest bet by a long stretch. Yeah, 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 because you you can see all the things you want to see, and you've seen it for three solid seasons. Yeah, however. Derek Stingley Jr., who I'm assuming is your number two on, on the list. It was really close. He, yeah. he nearly fell to three. Nearly. Oh, really? Was, he re- yeah, it was really, really close, actually. I'm Very curious close. to see who your number three is, but I'm guessing it's the same guy that yeah. I've got as well. But um, He obviously had just this outstanding season in 2019 and then 2020, 2021 injuries and less good. So what you're hoping for when you get him is that you're going to get... 2019 Derek Stingley yeah 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, the other complication is it's 3D season three years. Yeah. Which which really doesn't help a young player. And, and he is still a very, he is still a young player. I think he'll only be just 21 yeah. on draft day. Um, you, you do still see with Derek Stingley, even in the 2020 and 2021 mm. tape, you, you see why he, he could be a number one pick just because he's really the speed, the smoothness and just the natural ability that he clearly has to actually not to be capable of covering almost anyone. You can see that he has that ability. Just the natural traits are just there. He's, I mean, he's perfect height and weight. He's six foot. He's one ninety. He, he didn't run a 40, but we don't need to see a 40 because we know about the recovery speed. We know about his ability to stick with receivers and, Mm. and he's, He's 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 a, he has the potential to be an excellent man coverage player. Yeah, it's just that for whatever reason, I mean, some people are saying it's effort and consistency. I, I do. I think the injuries do have something to do with it. Um, it's just that he doesn't didn't consistently deliver over these two seasons. But you can't just say that you know it's laziness or it's a lack of effort. No. I don't think someone like Derek Stingley is necessarily going to just give up. I think the injuries do play a part, three DCs, three kind of different systems to try working in. So, and the level of competition is, it's a high level of competition as well. And he still clearly shows the traits. You can still see athletically and physically that he's capable. Yeah. And he, it, two of those DCs, he's played a total of 10 games over two different defensive coordinators as well. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you can't expect someone to just nail it when there's just constant change. And also, he's mm. not playing full seasons. I think if you are going to knock Stingley, the proper knocks to give him are the knocks that I would give him that were in his 2019 tape, mm. which are where he went up against receivers who either were very technically, fundamentally sound. Yeah. Um, or had a plan. Yeah. So the the guys that, that the the only guys that really schooled him were Van Jefferson and Devontae Smith. So Van Jefferson kind of did it in the Florida game. Stingley shut Van Jefferson down mm. for like a good I think it was about half a good half. But then in the second half, Stingley had been playing a certain way, he'd been playing a quarter turn and Jefferson had sort of thought, well, I've been running these two routes all of the first half. If I can make this comeback look like a comeback, but actually it's a curl and go, mm. I can have him. And he did it to him once and it turned into something like 25, 30 yard gain. And then um, in the red zone, he just turned on some footwork that completely threw Stingley. And it was just like, not even because Van Jefferson is not an explosive player at all, no. <laughs> but he just managed to actually manipulate Stingley into doing exactly what you wanted him to do. And Devontae Smith just flat out, <laughs> just just outplayed him from a sort of technical standpoint. Yeah, Devontae Smith it just, just annihilated him in, in that game. But the raw physical tools are the raw... I mean, you see the raw physical tools and the high end is you're looking at a guy who projects, you know, the ceiling for me is somewhere in between where I see he's in that kind of Marshall Lattimore mm. between probably 
around that Marshall Lattimore level, just below Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's Jalen Ramsey, but I think he, he, he's a guy who has the potential to be a very, very good NFL corner. I mean, that's what I've put here. I go, he offers the potential for a twenty million dollar a year cornerback. Cornerback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you can get someone that can do what he does for a draft pick essentially and a a um a rookie contract then then i think you're laughing i, I think that mm. is the appeal of derek stingley is that you could be getting someone that can that can do a very very good job for a fraction of the money than you should be paying for for that kind of player yeah yeah the only other worry is as well um his tackling i mean 17.9 percent missed tackles which is not great but then at the same time you know if the guy is the kind of coverage player you think he can be? Hmm. You, you kind of concede that a bit. <laughs> so, You're not, you know. If if the rest of your team's doing their job, your cornerbacks aren't going to be making too many tackles anyway. But um, if your cornerbacks have to make tackles, your defense probably isn't very good. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So number three then. I am going to. Have you got it on a piece of paper? I've got mine written down. Yeah, yeah, I've got mine written down. Yeah, mine. He plays in the state of Washington. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he is probably going to be a really, really good corner in the NFL. <laughs> I think he's going to be an incredible corner in the NFL. I really like. I take it we talk about Trent McDuffie, right? It's absolutely Trent McDuffie. Yeah. Absolutely. The guy, the guy is just so underrated. And I think mm. it's a lot to do with sort of like the ball production. I think you've got nine pass breakups and two picks in three years, which mm. is really an underwhelming from a sort of pass breakup and interception standpoint. But then at the same time, you watch him and it's like, well, no one's going to throw near him. No, that 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 was no. my thought as well. Is that is that the Why production might not be there because no one's throwing at him? I mean, what is it something like he's only been targeted like a hundred times in his college career, a mm. hundred times, which is just 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 insane. Yeah, and what was that? Zero touchdowns in two years on six hundred and twenty-five snaps. Bonkers. Just and like the thing is that there's a lot of this whole sort of oh well that Washington scheme. There's a lot of press bail and spot drop zone stuff yeah but there's elements in that 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 zone stuff where he matches up and plays man coverage yeah there's also you know he does play press he has played press and shown that he can play press quite well and one of the things he's really good at in press bail is you know when he bails and pedals backwards to get distance from the receiver if the guy runs a curl or a comeback he's straight downhill to hit the guy it's like and that is so valuable he is unbelievable to watch in that sense as well like he he is yeah. stride for stride with the receiver yeah yeah uh, on 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 everything every route yeah like he's almost indistinguishable from receivers i have no idea how even anyone managed to I mean, get, to get a pass off in his direction if i'm honest with you he is and considering like so so the one thing i've said is all his weaknesses are related to his size that yeah. that's the the big issue is he's not big well but he's also not small i mean no. he's what 511 193 yeah. it's like uh, you know i mean 
we are we are we are splitting hairs when yeah. our number two is six foot and one ninety. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. inch and three pounds difference between them. So I think it's fun, faintly ridiculous that we we that, that people are chucking that one out there. Yeah, uh, I mean the arm length is twenty nine inches. It's not horrific hand size is 8.75 and maybe that explains some of the ball skills is 40 is like 444 mm. but at the same time you look at but look at just everything to do with what's what's required to cover wide receivers in that washington scheme he, he does to an incredibly high standard yeah. and it's just again it's like it's the, it's the source gardener thing it's just three years of one big long good play yeah it's just you know and and he is probably of the top four or five guys the best tackler of all of them. Yeah, he's so aggressive. Like he's the most aggressive yeah. player of all the players we've 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 been talking about here. But he's smart with it as well. Like no. he's, I really like him. I I I really like Trent McDuffie. Uh, he 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 combines. He knows when to be aggressive. It's not just aggressive. But, even when you watch Jalen Ramsey, sometimes you're like, "Oh, calm down, Jalen." Like that's <laughs> not what you get. I'm not saying Trent McDuffie is as good as Jalen Ramsey. I'm saying that that the the aggression is in bursts at the right time, and it, it, it exactly. looks amazing as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just the the, the silly things that don't really matter. He might be an inch too short. Yeah, you know. And a little, his arms might be a little bit too short. His hands might be a little bit too small. And he comes from a scheme that plays a, a, a large percentage of spot drop zone. Mm. But like that, 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 there's enough there for you to go. No, I can see this guy's going to be quite good. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I'm, yeah. I'm really high on him, and I very, very nearly had him at two. It, it, it's close. Yeah. But then I, I really like my number four as well. So I really like my number four actually. Yeah. So um, um, and that's Andrew Booth. I've got here. Oh, that's my number four actually. Yeah. We had the same one, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. It's Andrew Booth. Yeah. Like I, I think there are years when he would be the best corner and cornerback in a draft. Oh no, absolutely. Um, no, absolutely. It's just a credit to the, the three guys ahead of him, basically. It is, yeah. Um, if you want to see a great a play, his uh, interception versus uh, Virginia. Is, is Odell Beckham esque? If, if people are still talking about that, yeah, um, he's he's just great. I, I really really like him. He's um, yeah, you know, he's got the weight and the height because he's uh, an inch taller and uh, seven pounds heavier. So you know, it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's it it it's it's faintly ridiculous and just you know, it's it, it's these excuses for not. Hmm. It's just pathetic. But anyway. Um, but yeah, no, Andrew Booth is like you said it. There are there are some years where he would have been the first corner mm. off the board, and I think playing in Clemson, he's he's. I mean, he is a victim of this class, mm. but you know, he's he's still someone that if you're picking in, in if you're looking for a corner and you're pick twenty, yeah, you just go do it because yeah. he's. What he's really good at is he's really good at mirroring receivers and he's really good at passing stuff off at the right time. Yes. So, so you know, if, if he sees a guy go vertical 
and he's got that outside quarter in quarters and he yeah. knows that the guy's moving across the divider line between his his zone and the safeties he knows exactly the right time to pass it off and how to do it whilst also maintaining leverage on that receiver he's really good at, at sort of staying in position to observe the quarterback's eyes when he spot drops in zone yeah he's always quick to break on the ball and he you always get the sense that he's actually moving with the play in general he's got his eyes and knows and understands what's going on in front of him yeah you, you watch him and you don't think oh my god this is a bit random you think oh gosh he, he kind of clearly knows what he is doing <laughs> so you know when you see like oh, it's a weird weird comparison you know when you see a pencil attached to like a wire and then another pencil and you start drawing with the pencil like a spirograph almost and the yeah, other yeah. pencil's drawing that's yeah. what it looks like like he, is, he looks yeah. like, as you say, he's following the play, um, yeah. and and it just seems to work so well. I, I mean, I've I've got something exceptional in zone. I've written here keeps plays in yeah. front of him, and it's, yes. it's just excellent timing. Just just like knows when I say knows when to break on the ball as well. It just he he is really really good. He's really good fun to watch as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it. I, the the one crazy thing, penalties. Yeah, he's been flagged once. In 979 coverage snaps, and considering how he plays as well, once. Yeah, I mean, there are there are there are some DCs that will look at that and just go, "Wow," <laughs> and yeah. that'll be, be a massive tick. The, I mean, the ball production for him in terms of like batted passes is quite low. Um, you could kind of argue that again, he su- he suffers from the same problem though that everybody we've spoken about suffers from, mm. which is a lack of slot snaps. And the thing about slot snaps is that slot snaps will tell you how good that player is in terms of managing a mm. two-way go and whether they can move to the slot if there's someone that has to travel. So it's kind of like a bonus point, but if you're drafting outside corners, it's not a deal breaker. But none of these guys have really shown that they can do that with any real volume. But um, the one thing that worries me about him is he is a reckless dude when it comes mm. to hitting I mean, like it's like the red mist. Yeah, the red the red mist comes down. He will leave his feet, and he'll whiff. I mean, it's a twenty one percent miss tackle miss tackles in his career because of that. That's but, college as well. It's, uh, not, it's not in the NFL where if you miss a tackle, then you're going to get burnt. Yeah, I just it's 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 the one knock, but you mm. you you can clean it up. You can you can you can clean it up. You can clean that up, and at the same time, you know, if if the guy's going to be a really good coverage corner, you can maybe live with fifteen percent missed tackles. Yeah, 20, 21 is is a bit much. But I mean, it, it's I, it's not. Yeah. I mean this as a positive because there were many years where where this player was was very very good. I thought uh, th- there's a hint of Carl Fuller in him. I think yeah. in the sense that. If it works, it's gonna work. Like if the, if he times it right and he does time it right an awful lot, then it's gonna be yeah. amazing. However, if he doesn't, then then it's, it could be catastrophic. But the main thing is he's willing. Yeah. So he is the kind of player that you know if it does break outside and he has to hit someone, he's going to in his head think, "I'd like to lay some wood here." Yeah. <laughs> Rather than business decision. <laughs> yeah. So I like that as well. So I, I think for me, he's another guy who I would be happy taking a chance on. Yeah, same. Mm. Number five? 
I've I, got... I, 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 I and Ard, and we might actually differ here. Okay, that'd be good because this is my last one. So uh, I've got written down at least anyway. But yeah. So who have you got? I'm going to get shot oh, yeah. for for the two players that I've got, five and six in the order I've got them in. Okay. So my number five is Roger McCreary. That's my number five as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I flip flop between him and Kyrie Lam, and I just, I just, uh, I watched Roger McCreary, mm. and I grew in admiration of the guy. Yeah. Because a lot of these corners, they, they don't get picked on, and uh, they, and everybody wanted to pick on it on Roger McCreary, and it didn't really go that well for them. No. <laughs> it didn't he, really um, go as well. He's got yeah. that kind of. Uh... I'm going to hit them first so that they know I'm here kind of thing going on. Yes, yeah, well. I like that about him. Yeah. And just, yeah, it's, it's, uh, he's not someone who I would dare pick in the top 15. No. But he is somebody who, if I wanted to draft a corner in round two to be my, my corner two, mm. he's the first guy I would want. Just because, yeah, he's been, targeted 183 times in his mm. career and and his performance at that at that level amount of targets shakes out pretty good yeah actually um i mean he's a balanced player he's like very good at staying with players and staying with players out of breaks and he just he knows what he's doing. You can get the sense that he he understands what the receiver's trying to do to him. He understands the concepts in front of him. Mm. He's kind of comes across as a, as a well-trained, well-prepared defensive back. The knocks on him are that apparently he's tiny. He's five mm. eleven, one ninety. Again, it's not it's not the end of the world. So far, it, all it, of these players, apart from uh, Sauce Gardner, who is considerably bigger. Um, there is one measurement though that yeah. actually apparently mm. on a lot of boards would he would just take them off his board straight away which is his arms because mm. there are there are a lot of teams who have 29 inches or more and he has 28.88 inch arms which is very small for a corner it is interesting because you see him go up against receivers that are bigger than him and he yeah. just completely jams them on the line as well yeah, and there's a lot to be said for actually, in spite of of, of the arm thing, mm. it hasn't stopped him from being successful. Exactly. I mean, what is what? I think he ranks third in the class for forced incompletion percentage, mm. like 26.7% forced incompletions. Um, so, that, yeah, 20. Um, and just, <laughs> it, 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 he's not got an egregious missed tackle rate either. He's kind of in the same sort of line with the other guys so those short arms to this point haven't really shaken out as being a massive handicap for him um he he's the guy with the floor that's that's up there for him to be a potential number two corner and yeah. quite a good one and, and he's the kind of guy i would bet on just because and just because he's been abused people have picked on him and picked on him and picked yeah. on him and it's just shaken out that he's been a good corner yeah and he his ability to just that for starters that initial first punch he's he's violent and then yes. after then he his ability to then just stick with the receiver right after yeah. the break is, is really really good which is which, yes you say it's, he's probably going to be good enough to be like a number two cornerback like a starting number two cornerback um i think i think i i, I mean i really like him 
um and i think he's gonna no, be good so i'm a fan as well and and, and, I, and I went back and forth with him and uh, my number six my number six was Kyrie lam of florida mm. uh, uh, and i kind of i, I get the Kyrie lam thing i do i genuinely get it because because you look at sort of <laughs> how physically he is, how dominant he is, you know, but at the same time, it's, it's in a really ticky tacky way, but you look at the frame six two one ninety one, and it's kind of, you're kind of enticed by that. So there's the length, there's the physicality just, and he's played against like, he's got a thousand coverage snaps against SEC, SEC competition. But, but, but for me, it's about controlling the aggression. Mm. It's, you know the flags and sometimes when he gets up to top speed it's like he can't control his speed as well sometimes things like comebacks or anything that, that's like an inbreaker he could kind of look a little bit lost mm. and step behind because he's got pretty decent recovery speed it doesn't show up i think when he gets to play against faster receivers who run tight breaks or smoother turns that might show up a bit more um and just <laughs> it's a bit less it's a bit more underwhelming the athleticism is and physicality is overwhelming but the actual play itself it's it's not as consistent yeah there are glaring inconsistencies particularly last year and and it's just uh, a pause there there's that that he's got because he's got top 10 upside <laughs> but he's got like you know 35 to 50 tape <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and that's my issue there's, so, there's yeah. a load of players in this year's draft like that yeah and but i'm not going to take a bet on Kyrie alarm that high just because i'm not convinced that everything that worries me is immediately fixable i feel much better about any one of the first five yeah in that first round including Roger McCreary, really, to be honest, at maybe pick 25 yeah. or later, actually, now I think about it. Th those are the guys that I think are the most interesting to me. Um, I mean, there are other players. There are there are other corners in this draft. It's just, I think, those are the guys who, who stand the most chance of having impact early. I mean, Kobe Bryant mm. of Cincinnati, he kind of, for me... It's a pretty good college corner, but for yeah. me, I think that it's going to be—he's going to be someone who's going to either be a role player or someone who needs some time to develop. And he is limited athletically, um, so his journey might be less linear than, than sources is. I think. Oh, who's the other guys? I mean. There isn't really anybody else that I can kind of think of that no. moves the needle for me. I mean, Kyler Gordon again <clears throat> played on the other side from Trent McDuffie, and again he's he's okay. I think he's somebody who, in sort of like the mid second or third round, could be quite good as well as a developmental guy. But I mm. think he is much more tied to that Washington scheme, sort of press bound spot drop, than Trent McDuffie is. 
he doesn't necessarily display all the, the traits that you would want from a sort of speed and explosiveness standpoint and, and the ability to, to, to be in coverage. He's a much more wild horse than Trent McDuffie. Yeah. He, he, he's more of the, the guy that you can see as a young player whiffing for a year or two before he finally settles down and gets it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's corners. Yeah, like, so the top five are all really, really good. Yep. And then I think I, I think there's a bit of a drop off after that, but it's, it's, it's still there's still some good players there. So yeah, no, no, absolutely, it's a good it's a good year to try and find someone in the defensive back. Definitely, if you've got first round pick, you need a cornerback. You're you're kind of laughing here as well. So hmm. safeties, should we have a look at safeties? We're rattling through this, James, but I still think we're getting our our usual high level of um, of uh, analysis across. I suppose. Yes. So safeties. Um, yeah. It's interesting because the guy I've got at number one, is he even really a safety? Um, he's an upside down triangle for starters. Let's 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 start there. I, I mean, you know, he's you look at the height and the weight, and then you look at him on the field, and you're like, that's a linebacker. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you see the way he hits, and you the way he runs sideline to sideline isn't like it's. Not to the same extent, but it's Keekley esque. Like the way yeah. he, the way he is always in on plays. Yes, um, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yes, yes, we 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 are we we yes yes you're absolutely right. For those of you who yeah. are guessing, we're talking about Rome McKinley the <laughs> third. No, well, I'm talking about Carl Hamilton. I'm sure you I'm are as well. About, I'm, I'm talking about Carl Hamilton. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Every year there's a player like this, though. There's, there's near the top of the draft that is, well, what yeah. position they play? Like Isaiah Simmons, for example. Yeah. And with Isaiah Simmons, you could kind of see that. And I think the, the, the thing is that Carl Hamilton is clearly safety first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you're kind of like he can do linebacker things. I mean, it's the, just the first thing you notice is the frame. It's, it's like six, four, and yeah. it's like two twenty, And you're like, you're big and yeah. you're lean, but you're athletic. And you just, he's the kind of player that you could put on one of those big sort of white tight ends, like a Kittle or a Gasicki. And you're like, okay, I feel quite good about this yeah. from a size and length standpoint. Um, He's kind of played that role in that in that Notre Dame offense, where more often than not, he's in that kind of lined up almost as a slot. Yeah, but like a super big slot defender. <laughs> <laughs> it's like run this way if you dare. Yeah. Um, and and he's been remarkably successful at it. coming down a hill and trying and hitting gaps and coming downhill for ball carriers. And hitting a gap is something he's very strong at. He's very good at. He knows where he's going in that regard. He's kind of very good at sifting through things in the box as well. Um, my favourite thing is mm. just how good he is in terms of coverage, in terms of from a zone standpoint, in terms, yeah. of, cl- in terms of closing windows, winning the catch point. That kind I've, of thing. I've got written here exceptional timing on pass breakups. Yeah, no, and and yeah. that that is absolutely spot on. He's he's just a solid fundamental tackler mm. as well, which is a safety. It's just, I mean, it, it, it's what you need. Um, and I think it's what he said. Two missed tackles last year. He did only play eight games though. Mm. Um, 
and like you start to wonder is is this guy potentially what we think if Derwin James was the first evolutionary step for yeah. safeties is Kyle Hamilton the next one uh, that's that's kind of how I've been thinking because you do see him you see yeah. him line up in a variety of coverages you see him line up in man you see him line up yeah. in cover two you see him line up in the box you see him like line up essentially as a linebacker and considering most teams line up in sub packages most of the time isn't this the kind of player you want on the field all the time like someone that can do yeah. all of that you would draft him to be that you would yeah. draft him to be on you would draft him to give you 900 snaps a season yeah yeah and you see the, Der- the, the derwin james isaiah simmons the only thing i'll say is derwin james actually less so but isaiah simmons there is a history of that not working immediately because mm. all of a sudden it's great to be good at those things but essentially if they're if they're saying right you're gonna play some linebacker now oh cool how easy is it to play linebacker on the nfl oh it's really really difficult in fact it's so very um, hard yeah so uh you're gonna to have to to to, to learn, relearn how to play linebacker essentially in the NFL and as a result he might not be the day one defensive rookie of the year candidate that I think some people might think he is I think the route to success for him is to accept that he's never going to give you mm. high level free safety production I think it's fine for college yeah but I think if you're expecting him to be that centre fielder in a single high coverage, that's asking a little bit more than he can give you. But yeah. I think if he's within 12 yards of the line of scrimmage on any given play, he can be an impact in both phases of the game just because of how well prepared and, and how good he is in terms of understanding how the play is developing and diagnosing things and how physically adept he is at getting his own way with receivers, with running backs. He's pretty good at shedding blocker, mm. shedding blocks as well and just always seems to be doing the right things. He has the ability also to just develop into a guy who can be that the guy that rubs out the tight end. Yeah. And also he, his ability to just skip through traffic. So a play yeah. could happen on the other side of the field and he will weave his way through just like carnage to get there um and that's harder than it looks yeah definitely because <laughs> you're essentially shedding you're... blocks without actually being blocked if that makes any sense you, you're yeah. taking yourself away from the potential of being blocked to go and make a play is and also a lot of the time when you you're doing that at ground level you, you we're watching it from above so you see yeah. it and you see oh he's got all he's got to do is run around that guy and get to that and, do, yeah. and get there and he'll get to the ball the thing is some of these players don't actually see that what they see is the leverage of the player and yeah. the players in front of them where they're running to and you make an instinctual kind of trained instinctual almost sort of like educated guesswork as to where the ball is flying to yeah. until you kind of get within 10 or 15 yards of the ball and then you're like ah yes it's there mm. and then you get there that's that's why that kind of instinctive play is actually so impressive yeah and it's so hard to do you know and it, he absolutely nails it and i think he's very very exciting and, and i am um, the one problem that has absolutely potentially torpedoed his draft yeah. chances is 1.1 seconds. Yeah. 1.1 seconds. So he ran a 4.59 in Indy on a fast track, which, you know, pretty darn respectable actually for a safety and about what yeah. you'd expect for a guy of that frame. Uh, Pro Day ran a 4.7. Yeah. So the 4.7 is like, you know, a lot of people have this sort of mental block at 4.6 
where they're just like four six they suddenly become slow yeah and you know if you ran a four five you know it would make it all the more easier to sign off on him as a top three pick and there are teams that will have just said nope yeah he's not in our top three but he's in our top 10 but like it's 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 because of his size as well so like all of a sudden you're concerned about the size when when he runs a slow a slow it's pro day Whereas yeah. probably up until then, you weren't concerned about the size. You were thinking, this is amazing. We're getting someone that's an absolute burner, but is also the size of a linebacker. And then when yeah. they run a slightly slower time at their pro day, then that gives you the pause for thought going, well, he's a safety, but is he slow for a safety? And then that yeah. is going to be, uh, I think that's going to give teams pause for thought. However, I think they're making a massive mistake if they don't draft him. I think he's very, very good. Again, I think he was clearly quite concerned actually about yeah. the forty time because at Indy he did almost everything. Mm. He even did the three cone, mm. which like you don't have to do for as a safety. I mean, you know, safety's doing three cones is not not that not that commonplace. And he did a six nine his three cone, which is great. Mm. But like, did the vertical, did the broad, didn't do the bench press. <laughs> but yeah. again, I don't need to see that. No, because we've seen him I mean, just levelling people on the field. So, and, and do I really need to... I don't really need to see the 40 because of the way we're going to employ him. It was always patently obvious from the tape that he wasn't going to be a free safety in the NFL, yeah. but he is going to be a player that's within 12 yards of the line of scrimmage and perfectly capable of erasing most things. I, I, I love him, considering how often coverage is disguised nowadays as well. Mm. Yeah. I love him for that as well. Like He, he is going to be... Because he can line up in so many different positions. Like and yeah. and be a threat nearly everywhere. Yeah. If you're quarterback and you're turning around and all of a sudden Carl Hamilton is lined up on, as you say, like a George Kissel or a Darren Waller or something like that, then it's going to give you pause for thought as to whether that person's actually going to get open when you thought they were. So, mm, exactly. Yeah. So, number two. Who's your number two? Is it the same as my number yeah, two? Yeah, probably. If, if Dax Hill. <laughs> Oh no, oh, we disagree. Oh, really? We disagree. We do disagree. Okay, so let's do Dax Hill. Yeah, I mean, I like Dax Hill a lot. I think, in reality, Dax Hill probably isn't a safety. <laughs> um, I think he is a slot corner. If I'm, if I'm honest, I think, I think he can play safety. But I think, if you've got Dax Hill, you're going to play him in the slot more than you're going to play him, like as, as a free mm. safety. Yeah, I got concerned. It was more sort of. I think it's also a lot to do with the way he was deployed. Mm. I think they got they got the deployment of Dax Hill very very wrong. I think he's the kind of player that you, you want to. His physical profile, I, I'd probably have him playing as a deep safety. Mm. Um, probably in in like a predominantly too high defense, um, just because in the box where it's very muddy he can sometimes get lost yeah. because he is a little small. He's a little, you know, and you know, he's not quite as, he doesn't move quite as quickly and smoothly as you want. And it just, yeah. And, and while he is a more than willing tackler yeah. and a guy who's very willing to get stuck in there, it's just, he's not particularly strong for his size. No. I've, I mean, I've got it written here. He's a coverage monster. That that's you. You are not wanting him in the box. You are wanting him in coverage, essentially, where where you, where you can. But at the same time, I think you could line him up in a slot corner. He's not Tyron Matthew. Don't get me wrong, but 
he um i i think he's very very good at it is the point and he can also line up as you say as like a deep safety it's i think you're absolutely right though i i do think his deployment is probably that of a slot corner because yeah. i mean you even look at the athletic testing and the athletic testing is the kind of the athletic testing you would you would, you know the ideal thing you would want from your slot corner he runs a 438 it's like you know he's got pretty good explosive yeah. numbers a 10 foot one broad jump and like a three cone of 6.57 which means that he's got change of direction down pat which when you play in the slot you absolutely need so it's kind of and the tape betrays that yeah I didn't think he was a safety no. per se. I don't think he fits any of the prototypes of safety, even the tweener ones yeah. that, that I saw. I think if he was in the corner class, he'd be probably corner seven. Oh, you reckon? Six or seven. I think he'd be higher than that. That's why I liked him. I, 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 I think he's going to be quite good. Now, I, I do <sighs> think he can play free safety or the, what the equivalent of free safety is nowadays, but mm. it's... I think you are lining him up in the slot a ton. Um, I I would have him quite highly with those corners, but then those corners are very very good. Thinking about it, um, I I, quite, I I mean I liked him because I, I I saw a player that had some versatility at least, just not in the same way that Carl Hamilton has versatility. It, he, this is a guy that's very rarely going to get stuck in. This is someone that you are going to want in coverage. But we've seen yeah. a ton of tape of safeties being able to do that, that can play predominantly slot and then move out and play too mm. high as well. And okay. I think that's probably where he's going to make his money. Mm. Okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not in love with him, but I think he is, he, he, he is probably still my second, not my second favorite safety, but I think he's probably the second best because I think he does something that other safeties can do, but they might not do as well as he does. I'm explaining myself really badly, but I'm getting there. But yeah, no, I, I no, I get where you're coming from, yeah. and I get and 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 actually, it, the only reason I said he would be cornerback six or seven is because literally I haven't seen him have a volume of snaps on the outside, mm. which is the only True. thing that would exclude him. I think he would be the best slot corner, yes, in this class by a long way. Um, because if you're looking for a slot corner in this in this draft, you might be disappointed. Yeah. Um, it's the first time we've said that in years. Um, but yeah, weird. Um, I do get it. Again, there's another guy we might talk about later who's limited in the reverse way yes. um, as well. Um, but um, my number two mm. was Lewis Seen. I'm sorry, oh. I had to. I had to. Just so. What I really like about him mm. is, is when you sit and you watch loads and loads of Carl Hamilton. Yeah. And then you straight away watch Lewis scene afterwards. The first thing that occurs to you is, what if I were lucky enough to draft both of these yes. guys? Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> I could just do anything I wanted at any time. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, the thing I really love about Lewis scene is that he fits the absolute profile of my definition of what I would consider to be the perfect deep safety. Mm. So range, closing speed, he's a fundamentally sound tackler. Um, and my favorite thing, which is he can stay at that depth of 18 yards mm. 
and he can actually see everything unfold and moves with and makes the correct decisions in terms of which guys he picks up in coverage, which guys he passes off. He makes excellent reads in terms of sifting through receivers and when the routes are distributed and picking up the right guy mm. and just generally plays like someone who knows what is going on in front of him. And it sounds like a really simple thing, but it's the single most important thing to get right when you play safety and you play deep safety as well is to literally diagnose first, diagnose quick. Do you know Do you know who he reminded me of? Who? I don't, I, I'm not big on making comps because I'm terrible at it. Um, uh, Eric Weddle. Yes. So like, I get when- that. When you see Eric Weddle playing for the Ravens, when you saw Eric Weddle playing mm-hmm. for the Ravens, and they were disguising their coverage in the sense that, look how deep they are. Mm-hmm. Now they're not. You see yeah. Eric Weddle would just move. Like, the speed that he yeah. would move to close in on receivers was insane. And that yeah. is that is what I, I get from him as well. So, but you... you, you the thing is also that, mm. that what you can do with them, I'm not saying they're the same player at all. I'm not yeah. saying that... That, that, that he's going to be this player, but that he can do some of the things that Earl Thomas used to be able mm. to do, which is that if you need him to walk down into the box, yes, you can walk him down into the box, and he is effective. Um, he is probably as sound a fundamental tackler as there is in this safety class, with the exception of possibly Carl Hamilton. Mm. The guy just absolutely gets how to nail players, wrap and get them down um he is very good again close to the line of scrimmage diagnosing and sifting through things and getting Mm. to or near the ball carrier um but you can do a lot of different things with him he's not as effective in the box as carl hamilton but he is effective in the box enough that you can just roll him down yeah and, and it's he, fine and you can leave him deep and he'll still probably get to the line of scrimmage to make a play and, and his, exactly. his, his ability to diagnose what's going to happen so I, I put my slight concern is preference to attack from deep could cause problems in play action uh, yep. with more savvy QBs uh, although uh, his ability to get let plays develop makes me think he can probably see through it most of the time yeah and, and I think it's very good that he does mm win in his head yeah. early because the, the only thing I would say is that you, you look at sort of the combine numbers and, and he has mm. the physical combine profile of someone who's actually quite explosive but for whatever reason the 4-3-7-40 doesn't show up on tape I, I thought he would probably be more like a 4-5 kind of guy because yeah. he isn't that explosive but it doesn't matter because what's there is a guy who is very good at diagnosing it makes very good quick decisions which is the important bit <laughs> you know if you your ability to diagnose and make a good decision quickly that can save you two tenths of a second so considering than... how many defenses are trying to do what Vic Fangio and, and, and Staley have, have set up as well I think he kind of fits in perfectly with what with that exactly well. and you and you and you'll always be thinking you mm. you, you, you you know, if everything pans out right, he's the kind of player where you would be thinking, well, I've got Lewis Seen and insert name of another safety deep. Yeah. But, you know, that, they like to roll that guy down. So I don't know that Lewis is going to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, you know, I, I feel very good about him, actually, as a potential um, round one pick. And he's the kind of guy that actually, you know, if I needed a safety and I was picking at like mm. 13, that's fine for me, actually. I, oh, I, really? I, 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 I think he's really, really good. I, I, I would bet on the football brain and just the fundamentals of the position, the way he plays it that like he's going to have a floor of being a good safety yeah yeah I agree. I'd bet on that yeah I, so I agree I think he's don't. super polished as well by the way yeah and it's 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 like and you can sort him from the rest of the Georgia defence it's yeah. easy to sift him Which is- out of all of that because he's, he, he does stick out by himself it's not as easy as with other players, which we get to on the DL class. But um, for me, after those guys, there is a little bit of a drop. I agree. A little bit. So four and five kind yeah. of morphed into 4A and probably 4B. Okay. So... Jalen Petrie and Jaquan Brisker. I couldn't I couldn't sift them. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Yeah, no, I, I feel I feel similarly for that for that matter as well. Um so so my, my thing with Jaquan Brisker is that he does a lot. So <laughs> um I think he's the kind of player you can keep on the field. Yes. And I think what you're looking at in Jaquan Brisker is so many teams are going to be coming into this draft looking for role players. Mm. And I think he is the epitome of a role player, a guy that can yeah. come in, do a really good job. He's not probably not going to make a pro bowl, but he's, he is going to be on the field all the time. And he's probably going to lead the team in tackles mm. or something silly like that. <laughs> so like, although a safety leading team tackles is not a good thing. Yeah. He, he's going to be good enough for you to not have to worry about safety. I think is, 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 is how I look at it. Yeah, he's just somebody who who I can see operating within twelve yards of the line of scrimmage, yeah. being quite effective. Um, but I think if you're relying on him to cover large areas in coverage, yeah. that's kind of where he struggles. I think he he doesn't always see things clearly how they develop, and I also think that sometimes in sort of turning and running with guys it's just not there no. it's not there for me it's he's not somebody who i would want to be having to carry you know someone like tyreek hill up the scene i wouldn't oh, want God, that yeah i would i would not want that but what i would want is i'd want him to be coming down into the box um versus the run and i would probably want him with a tight running with a tight end vertically maybe yeah but, and the other thing is his yeah. he's some of his missed when he misses tackles he misses tackles as well yeah and they are impressively missed um yeah he's he's hot-headed yeah he, he kind of he gets ahead of himself he doesn't he isn't patient as a player and when you're a safety and you're not patient it, it, it can kind of bite you on the bum because it's all about you want box safety to be aggressive but you want it to be controlled because if you're permanently aggressive as a safety the one thing that, that the people are relying on their safeties to do is to be in the right position doing the right thing yeah 
that's that's the baseline of it. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise you can <laughs> give up a touchdown. So yeah, yeah, you 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 have to accept safety that you're not always going to be the hero. No. You just got to be the guy that's always right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Most yeah. of the time, you've got to be right. And I think Brisker is a little bit too hot-headed and a little too relies too much on his football instincts and, and stuff like that. And I just don't think he's got the change of direction either to stick with guys in known coverage or carry them vertically. No. Not really. Um, again, it's kind of... He did he did 22 reps on the bench press, which actually I'm quite impressed by it. Yeah. Someone of uh, 6'1 and 199. He's clearly a... He's clearly a big physical player it's just he needs to cool it yeah um but yeah he, he, as a role player i think he, he could fit in quite well um but i just wasn't sure about the overall skill set and how it would translate to him being a really good safety yeah jalen pitrie he intrigued me but not enough for me to go totally crazy um he <laughs> it's just again he's a guy who's quite wild and crazy and physical yeah. and i like that but at 511 and 198 that's a small guy to have flinging themselves around in the box and like a lot of his snap production is in the box 601 snaps yeah um and just but he has something that Brisker does not. Yeah. He has football instincts. Yes. But yeah. I don't think he's a safety. Well, he lined up on the edge a ton, didn't he? I think it's like 100 snaps. Yeah. I think it's like 100 snaps. I don't know what his pre- I, I think it, it's kind of... You can look at him as couple of things i mean the situational blitz the thing i can kind of get in bed with yeah. a little bit with him i just think that again he's potentially somebody who translates to being a slot corner yeah <laughs> i've got here that he will fit in with only a handful of teams so i've put that he he looks like a tampa bay buccaneer to me um, in the sense that he's the guy that yeah you line up in the slot and then all of a sudden he's rushing the passer like he he is yeah the way they rotate how they blitz he looks like he'd fit in really nicely with that um, no, absolutely as, and also I read about like high character as well and that is obviously something that is more becoming more and more important in locker rooms depending on how much you actually no, buy into it I mean. But absolutely, you do because you want you know you want there to be leaders and characters on a team just because yeah. because you do because teams that don't have leaders and character or people of character tend to fall apart, especially yeah. teams where you're relying on people next to you to protect you from getting killed. Yeah, it's really really important. Yeah. So he's actually an extremely productive pass rusher. Yeah. So uh, twenty five pressures. Really. 25 pressures. That's crazy. 25, 25 pressures mm. in um, 15 games. So, and he had yeah, 97, 97 pass rush snaps, 25 pressures, five sacks. Where I'd want him in a pass rush situation is against a mobile quarterback because he has, yeah. you say, the instincts to kind of like sniff out where, what, how the, how the play is going to break, basically. Yeah. He's got 50 stops as well. Yeah. That's impressive. So, 
So what you're looking at is you're looking at a, a plus slot corner here. You're looking at a slot corner that is useful in the running game in the yeah. same, if, if you think, and again, not the same player, but the same kind of deployment and maybe skills and traits, sort of skills and sort of deployment that you would have had with Chris Harris. Yeah. If you think about it that way. Um, and, you know, let's also remember that actually, to say he's a slot corner isn't that controversial because if you look at how the snaps shook out, he, he literally was their starting slot corner for like yeah. nine games <laughs> and played quite well. In fact, his best games were when he literally started as their slot corner. So I, I genuinely feel that, that for whatever reason, he him declaring as a safety is a the incorrect decision. Yeah. Because I think as a slot, he, he he's just so much more valuable. Um, but again, he didn't run a forty. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, it's interesting, but at the same time, you know, he's a clever boy. He's mm. he's versatile. He he's clearly got decent coverage skills. Good enough to play slot corner. Highly yeah. productive as a situational pass rusher. He's interesting. I just don't Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Get him, give, just, give him to Todd Bowles. He's just not a safety. Yeah. I don't think it's a safety. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. On to my favourite. I think your favourite? Yeah. Roe McKinley third. For Roe McKinley third. I love this guy. Yeah. He's 5'11", 194, but he hits like he's twice his size. Okay. He he hits like he's Ant-Man. Like, it's bonkers, and I absolutely (laughs) love him. Uh, so he's nicknamed the general as well, which I will always love when any, anyone's got got like a nickname like that for his ability to to call defensive play schemes. Uh, and I saw him on um, Good Morning Football. He was talking about what what teams would want him, and they said if you want a safety with a green dot on their helmet, I'm the guy. I'm like, okay, cool. I okay. like that. Uh, yeah. So I've, I've got um, dis- discipline, pursuit, um, uh, balance, and game speed. Season deliver some massive hits. Like he mm. just hits like a train, and he's tiny. For, for well, he's not tiny, but you know he's not big either. Uh, unbelievable instincts and coverage mean he's a truly excellent prospect. I've I've written here. Um, I, I don't know why I sounded surprised by that. Patient defender, playing on QB traits and exploiting them, and just like mm. waiting for plays to to open up. Basically, I really like him. I think he's going to be really good. I don't think he's everyone's cup of tea. Oh, an 11 inceptions. I, I, the, the good things about him I like. Yeah. The problem is, again, he's a safety. And a lot of the things that he struggles with are yeah. things that I don't want my safety struggling with. Tackling. Yeah. Diagnosis of plays. It's huge. It's like it, it, there's a variance with him. And I think that when it's not good, it's really not good. Mm. Um, I think also kind of he makes while he delivers some punishing hits he does also sometimes struggle to sift through blockers through blockers on run plays he does really struggle with that as well Um, I just didn't see a body of work that was that good for me to go, I, I mean, the, the top end stuff. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, don't, but don't get me wrong. The rest of it, I'm like, I'm like, oh. Like he's <laughs> uh, he's fun to watch. I don't, I don't 
think he's a, a first round prospect by any stretch of the imagination. I, I, in terms of favour, I think he has the potential to be very, very good. But once again, we're kind of in the role player territory here, and I, mm. I, I don't. I think he's got to be on the right team, but I, I think, I think on the right team, he could, he could, he could be a very, very good prospect. I think so. I think his journey though might be two or three years before we really see him settle. Yeah. I think he's somebody who you're going to need to hide for a while while he gets it. Yeah, we I say. don't disagree with that. Um, I quite liked Kirby Joseph. Yeah. I thought he was quite good. But again, not someone who I would bet the farm on. I mean, I'm talking like picks 50 or 60. Um, and he's interesting from a sort of developmental prospect, but doesn't have great range and just like he's not a particularly experienced player but at the same time he's a really good hitter mm. you know, he's got decent ball skills and, and just like he's a smooth runner and 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 that's worth a lot I think but I don't think he'll ever play as a deep safety in a single high I don't think he could ever do that um, but like I say it's the David Ajabo thing he, he's not got a lot of experience so there's a lot of room to grow in his testing I mean he didn't run a 40 but everything else about his testing at the combine was ooh he's jumped out of the gym <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and like he's just got he's got crazy long arms. It's like he's got comedy arms and hands stuck to a, this, this skinny body. It's amazing. It's very comic comedy. Mm. But yeah, but you know he hasn't played much because it took him ages to actually even get on the field. But when he did, what he put there was good enough for me to raise one eyebrow and go, hmm, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's. I think that's the defensive back class yeah. this year, pretty much in a nutshell. And I think there's it's lots good. to like. There's lots to like about it. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to go as deep with project players in the defensive backfield because there was so much I wanted to unpick with the top five or six. Because when I initially started, I was like, how on earth am I going to sort these guys? Yeah. I literally had to go back to all the things I hold dear about corners, you know, which is like consistency, ability to cover and kind of the ability to stay with receivers. And, you know, can you do a variety of different things? Can you do press? Can you do bail? Mm. Can you play well in zone? What's your eye discipline like when you play in zone? And going back to all those fundamentals and sort of literally actually trying to tick each box for them so I could sort them rather than just simply going, well, he's clearly three and he's clearly four because I really did struggle, particularly with um, Trent McDuffie and Derek Stingley. I really struggled and it was very nearly Stingley at three. I think think Trent McDuffie is going to be very, very good. I I, I can... Yeah. he's, He's just... He's a lot of fun to watch as well. Like he's he is just a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah. So I mean, I mean, it says a lot. We had our cornerbacks were the same, and then our safeties were very, very different. So it's kind of about what what you value as well. Yeah. And I think it's it's easier mm. to get a pretty good box specialist safety than it is to get a good deep safety yeah agreed well i think we've discussed this that there isn't many like safeties that you're going to want to line up too deep in this draft and that's and it's because the the problem is the deeper you line up your safety the better they have to be at diagnosing and making a good decision because their decision has to be quicker because they have so much more space to cover 
Yeah. And like, and particularly with a deep safety, you, you have to read if you're in, if you're a single high deep safety, you have to make so many different diagnoses and decisions, formation, route distribution, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the second that a linebacker makes something like a push call or something like that, your assignment can just change. And the range of variables when you're a deep safety is anything from, oh, I've got to backpedal and yeah. run vertical with a wide receiver to I've got to run downhill and make a hit four yards from the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, I, I, I look upon a really, really good free safety with a profile like Lewis seen as someone who I value much more highly. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can definitely see that. It makes sense. Yeah. Do you get some questions, Sam? Please. Uh, Phil says, uh, with this being an unusual draft, could we see a re- record amount of draft day trading as teams look to improve by getting known quantities instead of gambling on youth? Um, problem we've got is, on the other side of that, are teams going to want to get rid of their known quantities in mm. in favour of questionable players at some positions? So I, I think we're going to see relatively few trades, despite the yeah. fact that I think we're going to want to see... We're going to... I would imagine a, a good chunk of the top 10 would like to trade down. I just don't think they're going to have any trade partners. I think there are very few teams that are dumb enough to mortgage draft picks mm. for non-quarterbacks, except for maybe the Saints. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think this year might set a record in the other direction with the fewest first-round trades. I completely agree. I, I just think that the, 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 the people are just going to let players fall into their laps. If you do see a trade, it will be early for a quarterback and then there won't be anything. I Plus, don't think there's like, any teams approaching the draft this year as this is going to want, this is what's going to make us a Super Bowl champion, if that makes mm. any sense. Exactly. I think they're just going to go, whatever lands in our lap, we'll take. Because, yeah, all of, there's, there's so many guys that, that you, across all the different positions that mm. you go, well, it's like I was saying the other week that there's there's sixty or seventy guys yeah. that that are top fifty players yeah that you take from like twenty five to fifty yeah and that's a, that's great if you've got multiple picks and you you get someone to trade back if you can trade back you can pick up three guys who could be potentially starters yeah or it's- with your first round picks you can just double down on guys who are almost certainly going to be okay starters yeah I think the Saints are actually in a reasonably good position with their two first round yeah. picks now. So, yeah. yeah they've got the potential to get some good good role players I, I think trying to solve the quarterback problem this year is I think dumb. you've got to really need to solve it to even consider it so yeah I think and you've got to be the Panthers basically what a terrible year to need to solve it though yeah dreadful yeah if only they well they could have drafted Justin Fields last year but there we go mm. um, who knows what he's going to do though um also, would you be surprised to see teams that signed one of the free agent QBs this offseason to go after one of the QBs in this draft with a lower round pick as a gamble? Um, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would imagine the Steelers will would, would go as far as as using quite a high pick to back up a quarterback as well. So, Well, that's rumoured that they're going to go and get Mr. Pickett. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't think that the Colts are out of the question in terms of drafting quarterbacks so I think if you're the Colts and someone like Kenny Pickett falls to you yeah, I don't know that you necessarily say no no because you've got Matt Ryan and that's still only 
maybe a year, maybe two. Um, I think yeah. you might be su- surprised that, that, that if the, some of the quarterbacks do fall, that some teams you go, oh, I wasn't expecting them to take him. Yeah, cool. <laughs> they're here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but while they're here, let's let's pick this guy who is a round two quarterback mm-hmm. at the arse end of round one because we've got multiple firsts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I just I think it's going to be a very very interesting year in terms of the teams that have two draft picks. If they just sit there, what they're going to get? Because I yeah. think teams like Kansas City could actually have some interesting players fall to them. I think so as well. I definitely think so as well. I mean, imagine um, the world. Imagine the world where James Williams and David Ajabo fall to them. Oh, and they're just like in for a penny. Yeah. How Sammy Watkins working at Green Bay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, actually, was he with the Ravens last year? Oh, I can't remember. Um, uh, signed one of the free agent QBs. Okay, Mike F says, "What do you guys think about teams with multiple firsts in a draft which is accused of being lower on top quality? Thoughts to kicking some draft picks to twenty twenty three via trade? I think there's going to be some teams that aren't desperate to win that might do that. I think the Lions probably be looking to accumulating twenty twenty three draft picks." Um, mm for example however I, I think I'm with you I think teams are just going to let players drop to them and see what happens see what they see what's available when they do yeah I don't think we'll see a lot of hysteria on draft night but um, the quarterbacks will be interesting should we say yeah um, yeah, yeah. this is the hardest draft the, the hardest draft to read I, it's unreal I have no idea Who's going to? Even, Not a clue. I, 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 I couldn't even be one hundred percent certain who's going to go number one. I've got a good idea. I've got, I couldn't say for one hundred percent certain who's going to go number one. Well, can I just say it because everyone's gotten away from it and everyone is saying it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. It shouldn't be Aiden Hutchinson going number one overall. It should be Evan Neal because it's the best thing to do for Trev. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I think <laughs> there is drafting for need. There is drafting best player available and there is also drafting the best player available that gives you a chance to keep your quarterback that you was considered a generational talent last year upright okay but anyway we're going to have to we're going to have to wait at least five or six days for me to get on my high horse about evan neal yeah okay (laughs) in a good way in a good way you're a big fan yeah I'm a huge fan, <laughs> massive well, fan of Evan Neal. But anyway, that's another story for another time. We have running backs, tight ends, defensive interior, and offensive line still to cover. So we think we're going to yes. do another podcast, which will be running backs, tight ends, defensive interior, and then a whole one on the offensive line because there's a load of good, really good offensive linemen this year. So it's been fun looking at the O line. It's been a yeah. lot of fun, a lot of talent this year. So yeah. yes. Uh, so with that, the other thing we're going to do is we'll be releasing a podcast which will be comprised of most of the people involved in this year's mock draft, if they're willing to do it. Um, so if you want to get involved in that, head to our Twitter, head to the pinned tweet, which is our Discord, and uh, register your interest. Just tell us. Or you can email us, hellochaps at gridirongentsman.com, or you can just tell me on Twitter, which is just at gridirongents. Uh, we'll be back soon, not 100% certain when. We're going to work that one out uh, with our uh, I'll look at probably defensive interior running backs and tight ends next. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us, James. No problem. Always a pleasure. Yeah. And never Third time a lucky. Yeah, we got through the whole thing. Yeah. And it's you recorded. did record this. Yes. This time it's okay. recording. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll be back very soon. Thank you for listening and goodbye.